Logan, they're here. Who's here? Our listener. Oh, cool. Hey, listeners. Glad you guys are here. Hey, this is episode number 64 of NASCAR Radio, where trading cards and racing meet. I'm your pal Val. With me is the man, the myth, the legend, Logan. King NASCAR, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing great. And Jason is out today. He's on the DL. We hope that uh, speed recovery. Yeah, he's on the injured reserve. He'll be back next week. He's doing good. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get started, I would like to uh, send our thoughts and prayers to uh, everyone affected by the mass shooting in Collierville, Tennessee. That's like about five miles from my house. Uh, I heard a bunch of helicopters and sirens going on that day. I had no idea what was going on until later on in the afternoon. It's uh, very, very sad. So uh, just like I said, thoughts and prayers out to everyone affected, all the families and everything uh, in that tragic situation. Amen. Life is short. Hug hug those close to you. Yep, because you never know, man. Those people were just going to the grocery store. They didn't think anything like that would happen. Um, Anyway, it was a, it was terrible, uh, but uh, I guess it was it was just terrible. That's all I got to say. We got a great show for everybody today. We're going to review the Camping World Truck Series, Xfinity, and Cup Series, and with the winners and the highest finishing rookies. We're going to talk about IndyCar, their season wrapped up, little F1. Then we're going to dive over to 1991 Max. McDonald's set that was produced. If we have time, we're going to talk about some eBay auctions. We got release dates for Prism Racing and National Treasures Racing. Yay, that's going to be cool. I can't wait. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is this the tease that we we <laughs> sprinkle this in somewhere in the episode, make everybody listen, or do we tell everybody? No, let's just wait, man. We'll let's, let's do our normal stuff and this, and we'll keep on okay. trucking. Let's do it. So the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race number 19. That was the 25th annual Victoria's Voice Foundation 200 presented by Westgate Resorts. That was Friday, September 24th at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Thank you very much. Our winner, <laughs> Christian Eckes. And our highest finishing rookie, Chase Purdy at position 13. Yeah, we don't talk about those guys too much. No. I don't think we were talking about Christian Eckes at all. His rookie's 2020 Panini Chronicles. He's in Ascension, Ascension Autographs, Spectra. He's also in National Treasures, which that kind of surprised me. Social Signatures with Treasure oh. Debut. He's also in Panini Prism. I did not remember him being in 2020 Panini Prism, but sure enough, he was. I was kind of scouting some of those cards, and with the plethora of parallels, I was looking at this this list of parallels. It's like 15, 20. And then there's yeah. signing sessions as well. There's about 10 of those. So if Christian Eckes is your guy, you got a, a few cards to collect. So, And I don't think the prices are that bad, so... And then moving over to Chase Purdy. Not as many cards. Uh, 2019. He's in the Dunruss, next in line. And there's uh, just a few of those uh, with the base, cracked ice, explosion, the 10, and the holographic. So would you say those are Purdy cards? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I did not think of that. Yes. Well, Good I would say Purdy. Well, I was going to say the Purdy cards are going to be the Panini Prism driver signatures and the different parallels for that. So there's the unnumbered version, there's camo unnumbered version, and then everything else is numbered from looks like 99 and down. Uh, the red, white, and blue is not numbered either. So, But then these guys are, you know, in the truck level. So uh, haven't been in, like I said, rookie cards that long. So... Never know if they're going to be moving up to Xfinity or not, but Christian Eck is getting his first win. Yeah, that was a cool race. Uh, in fact, I think that was out of all three races this weekend. I think that one to me was the most entertaining race. Um, they had a big wreck with 64 laps to go. Uh, 
Sheldon Creed T-boned Chandler Smith. And that was a heck of a hit. I don't know if anybody saw that, but if you didn't go back, it's, there's highlights out there. Uh, it was a really bad ray. I mean, really bad wreck. And uh, Sheldon Creed's truck caught on fire. He jumps out. He goes over to see if Chandler Smith is okay. Cause like I said, that was a really hard hit. And not only that, Haley Deegan was in her Craftsman truck truck, and she was in that wreck as well. Too bad. She tore her truck up pretty good, and she was pretty upset about being wrecked. So I, I kind of felt for her on that. And then with like 10 laps to go, Jason, I mean, uh, Val's buddy, uh, Hokovar, <laughs> he uh, had an issue, and he was coming into the pits, and he he intentionally spun himself out to throw a caution. So that wasn't very smart. So they ended up penalizing him a lap. And uh, so they restarted with like four laps to go. And that's when, you know, Christian Eckes got out front and won. And that was a one, two, three, four finish for Thor Motorsports. Wow. That was cool. It was a cool race. And, and that's the first time that's ever happened in the truck series. Yeah, Christian Eckes, Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, and Johnny Sauter. They got a good stable of drivers. They do. Yeah, but when Hokovar, he he was wearing white gloves, and they showed him turning the wheel, I think, to the to the left and then back to the right again. And you, you so you could tell he actually he intentionally spun himself out. So, I mean, he needs to wear black gloves next time. Maybe have a better chance of getting away with that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how you know, that doesn't work out the way you think it does. Yeah, that that was, I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, in a way, it's really not cool because you're, you're in a way, you're kind of manipulating the end of the race. But it still was kind of funny to me. Yeah, I missed that end of that race. I had it recorded and naturally I didn't have it going over. I fixed that problem from now on, but uh, that does not help me with, with that. So, but next race, race number 20, that's the Chevrolet Silverado 250 at Talladega Super Speedway. That's Saturday, October 2nd at 1 p.m. Stages are 20, 40, 94 laps for 250.04 miles. Man, I'm thinking about hopping in the car on Sunday and, and driving down there. It's just a thought right now. I don't know. I, Cause this is a, a big weekend. There's a, there's actually a card show in Nashville also on Saturday, big card show. And I'm thinking about going to that. So I'm gonna have to pick one or the other. Cause I, I there's just no way I can be gone both days like that. Hmm. Decisions, decisions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Over in Xfinity. That was race number 27. That was the fourth annual ASCO Uniforms 302. That was Saturday, September 25th, also at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Viva Las Vegas. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> the winner was Josh Berry, and the highest finishing rookie was Josh Berry. Yay. I love Josh Berry. I'm glad he won. He did good. He did really good. I, he was way out there. Mm-hmm. I was proud of him. That just goes to show you, I think, what you're going to – that was just a glimpse of what you're going to see next year because he'll be full-time next year. And, of course, he did win in a JR Motorsports car. So he was he was subbing – who was he subbing for? I forget who he was subbing for. But he was, was in a – Yeah, I think so, yeah. So he was He's in a substitute role for – yeah, that's right, in the number one car. So that just gives you a glimpse of what's going to happen next year. I think he's going to really be good. Yeah, filling in for another driver, and you win the race. And you're a rookie. It's yeah, like the cool. bonus round, right? Ding, ding, ding. Yep. Yeah. So that's awesome. We've talked about Josh Berry a few times, as he's been either the winner or highest finishing rookie in the Xfinity Series. Uh, his first cards are in 2013 Press Pass Total Memorabilia. Way back. Press Pass days. Yeah, it makes him look like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's card number 44. And there's a few parallels to that. There's a red version outside of the retail, I believe, out of the blasters, maybe. And then there's a gold version number uh, 275 and a black and white version number 99. And then there are four different 
parallels to the Rising Stars autographs. And I remember that one. That's a thick card, and it's kind of two cards in one where the first layer has a shadow box or whatever, and the, the autograph's in there, and then uh, that other card is on top with that uh, die cut out. Yeah, and, it's kind of like a kind of like a cut. Yeah. The, so there's like a like I said a few versions of that. There's a silver only to, numbered to 125. So these are num 125 or less. Then there's a gold version to 99, the blue holofoil to 25, and the melding to five. And then he has cards this year in the 2021 Chronicles. All the different uh, bunch of subsets. So, yeah, but his first cards. He's in all the flavors. <laughs> yeah, but his first card was in the 2013 total memorabilia memorabilia next race number 28 that's the sparks 300 at talladega super speedway that is also saturday october 2nd at 4 30 stages are 25 25 63 laps for 300 miles yeah that'll be a good race it'll uh, unfortunately it'll be a probably a, a crash fest they'll, they'll have a big one or two yeah definitely so um if i don't want to talk about the playoff standings after Las Vegas or not, but that Mike Snyder, Jeb Burton, Riley Hurst, and Jeremy Clements, they're kind of on the outside looking in, so they need to win here in the next um, round or two. Yeah, or, um, I think Riley Hurst and Jeremy Clements are about out of it, uh, and, and Jeb Burton for that matter. The only the other person I think may have a chance of getting into the top eight or the round of eight is going to be Mike Snyder. Yeah, so Brandon Jones or Har Harrison Burton or even Justin Haley, uh, there's a, a plus 17, plus 13, plus 10. So they're kind of on the cut line there. So one of them uh, is going to have to give for one of the other ones to advance. So exciting playoff time. Yeah, and, and Austin Sendrick and A.J. Allmendinger are pretty much a lot to go ahead and move on to the next round because – Austin Sendrick is 66 points ahead of ninth place, and uh, the, and then Almendinger's 59 points. So, I mean, when you consider a race being, you know, 32 points plus whatever stage points you get, I mean, that's <laughs> that's a big cushion right there. And that's why, you know, they were racing for those stage points during the season. Absolutely. Yep. Moving over to Cup. That was race number 30. That was the fourth annual South Point 400, and that was Sunday, September 26th, also at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Denny Hamlin was our winner. Highest finishing rookie was Chase Briscoe at position 13. Now, we've talked about Denny Hamlin just a few weeks ago, and for somebody who he was kind of consistent during the year but didn't have any wins, and talk about turning it on in the playoffs, winning that for, for the first win to come in that other round to make him advance uh, to this round and then winning this round now automatically advancing to the next round. He's doing it like the best way possible. Yeah, he's there's something to be said about momentum and mojo. And right now he's got it for sure. So I know we were talking all season about Kyle Larson, but right now Denny Hamlin's the hot hand. Yeah, you know, early on in that race, you know, the Hendrick cars were like all up front. I mean, they were running like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, or, you know, one, two, four. I mean, they were up there and I'm thinking, oh gosh, here we go. This is going to be another sweep like the other two races have been this weekend. And then when it got dark, it, it changed. I mean, the, the track conditions changed, it cooled down. Uh, the Toyota's got some grip and uh, three of the four top finishers were all Joe Gibbs cars. Yeah. With Denny Hamlin position one, then Chase Elliott, then, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. So three of the top four. Yeah, so it almost was a was a sweep, but I mean it, it was close. But he won he uh he Denny Hamlin led 137 laps. Kyle Larson led ninety-five. So like I said, Denny Hamlin getting hot uh there. So like we like I said, you know, the the money on I think we were talking with Jason about the money on Larson, it was kinda not very the odds or whatever were wasn't a big spread, right? So you you would you would bet you wouldn't like it's not a hundred to one or nothing like that. So it's in the low stuff. So uh, Danny Hamlin's um, not his odds are probably you know not a long shot either, but he's definitely 
getting there. So I'm now I'd have to say that maybe Danny Hamlin might win this thing. So we'll see. And he has not won the championship either. So Larson and Hamlin get in there. That'd be, you know, two first time uh, folks who have not won the championship who um, will cement their legacy as a, as a cup champion. So, but anyway, I, I will get way ahead of myself. So 2005, Danny Hamlin's cards. He's in the Optima. He has a base there as well as a few different parallels. Not as many parallels back then as they exist now. Uh, in Optima, there was the Beckett samples and the gold number 200 and the eBay previews. Uh, Optima is one of my favorite. I think I got a box or two I need to open. Oh, that 90, yeah. 90, 2005. Uh, yeah, I love the Optima. That's a, that's, a, that's a good year for cards. Yeah. 2005 Trackside. Card number 37. And there's also a few parallels with the Beckett samples, Golden, number 200, eBay previews, number 5, Hot Pass, and then a Hot Pass National, I guess, a giveaway or whatever it was there. And that is an insert card. And then the American Thunder. And that's card number 89. And then there's a Beckett sample, eBay preview, and License to Drive. That's also an insert. Uh, there's also signings, and I believe those were kind of randomly put in some of the different products like the Optima track side and stuff like that. And then there's, uh, there's a regular version. There's a platinum version, a hundred and a gold version number 50. And then the top prospects memorabilia, uh, number 200, the shoe, their sheet metal and tire. You know, I haven't seen many of those. No, I haven't either. Come to think of it. And I'm looking through the list. Like I've seen the signings, but um, top prospect, really, I don't think I've seen. So, yeah, Denny Hamlin. Cards, I don't think, are very expensive. Let me go out and come on, come see and look. Yeah, no, his cards are, are in the grand scheme of things and the way things are today, his cards are inexpensive. And, and are, I, in my opinion, are good pickups. I, he's a great driver. I think he is the he may be the most winningest driver without a championship right now. You know, he's, he's due. And even if he doesn't win a championship, I still think he's uh, got a hall of fame resume with all his Daytona 500 wins and everything he's done. So I think, I think he'll, he'll be in the hall of fame. He may not be a first ballot unless he wins a championship, but I think I'm, I'm, I think he's a lock for the hall of fame eventually. I would agree with that. I think if he doesn't win a championship, he, he's at that line where he would get in that he's won uh, so many races. But I think to your point, if he wins the championship, then that, that locks him in the first round, definitely. And his cards very aren't very expensive. So looking on ComC, just you know, four or five dollars. Um, there's a track side out there for like fourteen bucks. I don't know. I think there's only one, so there's no competition right there. But the American Thunder, there's seven of them out there and starting at a dollar eighty-eight. Three of the Optima starting at three seventy-six. And the no boundaries, which was that insert four starting at four fifty. So and the trackside hot pass five starting at two twenty-five. So I think what you were saying in the scheme of things, for somebody who's gonna be a Hall of Famer and we know how NASCAR uh, is I think way undervalued. I uh, knew if something changes in NASCAR, gets hot for whatever reason, then these cards, I think, will will definitely appreciate. And they don't have the print run as some of these other sports. So, No, they don't. Um, I, I was just looking at the all-time win list, and yes, I am correct. Denny Hamlin is 18th on the all-time win list with 46. He is the highest active driver. Uh, without a championship and everybody above and below him on the list is in the hall of fame. So yeah, he will definitely be a hall of famer one day for sure. Yeah. So he's almost pushing 50 wins. Yep. He's getting close, man. He's uh, he's tied with Buck Baker right now. Wow. Buck Baker. As you said, another uh, hall of famer. So. Mm -hmm. And Bill Elliott is right below him with 44 wins and one championship in 1988. I think Denny, this might be Denny's year. I think it could be. I, I kind of hope so because, you know, FedEx is located here in Memphis. So, you know, I have that going for me. I, you know, I like FedEx. I have a lot of friends that work for FedEx. 
And uh, you know, plus I just like Denny Hamlin. I think he's he's a he's a straight up guy, and he's a great race car driver. And where will the ceremony be? The ceremony this year is going to be in Nashville, which is not that far from me. Exactly. So FedEx can make it. I'm on it. And, and, my, <laughs> and my Siri is listening to me. I don't know if anybody heard that just now. I did. <laughs> isn't that amazing? My iPad is sitting over here doing absolutely nothing. And that just goes to tell you guys right now, everybody's listening. Yep. Big, big we're we're big glad guy. our listeners are listening. So. Yes, we are. We love you guys. Yeah. Hey, if you and if you get bored during the show, hopefully nobody's getting bored during the show. If you have a break in the show, uh, like us and share the podcast. Yeah, uh, and we're on shout, iTunes. Shout out. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say we're on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and Podbean, and wherever else you get your podcast. If not, let us know, and we will uh, make it available. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Brazil for for listening. We appreciate that. Yes, Brazil, and all the folks from Ohio and the United Kingdom. And Canada. <laughs> yeah, New York, California, Virginia, Florida, Illinois, Texas, North Carolina. Thank you all for listening. Yep, thanks very much. Next race, race number 31. That's the Yellowwood 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. That is Sunday, October 3rd, 2 p.m. Stages are 60, 120. 188 laps for 500 miles. And with that playoff standings, Denny Hamlin locks into uh, the next round. Yep. Kyle Larson is, is a lock, I think, as well. He would have to just totally implode to not make it to the next round. Yeah, it looks like at set position seven and eight uh, before the cutoff, before the cutoff for the round of eight, Joey Logano is plus six, Brad Keselowski plus four. Ooh, two Penske guys on the on the cut. And then William Byron, minus four. Kevin Harvick, minus seven. Alex Bowman, minus 13. And Christopher Bell, minus 25. So the guys in the last four, Byron, Harvick, Bowman, Bell, they need to either pick it up or win. And again, that's going to bump Joe Logano or Brad Keselowski. And Chase Elliott's in six. I thought he would be a little higher, but uh, he had a little, I guess, some problems here. Still at 22, still a decent shot. But uh, he's got to pick it up because when that ra- – Gets cut down the four. Of course, we got the Roval coming. So, yeah, I've got him picked to win the Roval. I think everybody got him picked for the Roval. I'm hoping that <laughs> that comes true. So, let's switch over to IndyCar. Ooh, whoa, whoa, hold on oh. one sec. Let me yes, uh, let me talk about Talladega for just a sec. Um, just in case. Oh, and, and going also going back to um to Las Vegas. That the Las Vegas race was. Um, the 600th, 600th start for Kyle Busch and the 750th start for Kurt Busch. And both of those guys are from Las Vegas. So how crazy is that? That's pretty cool. Uh, but going to Talladega, for those of you who don't know, uh, Buddy Baker was the very first driver to break the 200 mile per hour mark in a stock car. And he did that in Talladega in 1970 in a Superbird, which is pretty cool. Uh, and also, Bill Elliott has the fastest pole lap speed of all times. This record still holds. It's from 1987 with a speed of 212.809 miles per hour. Uh, I don't think that's going to be broken in a long time, especially with restrictor plates. They take the plates off of them. I bet they could break that, but right now, that will never happen. And Brad Keselowski leads all active drivers at Talladega with six wins. I was there at the uh, race where he spun out Carl Edwards and put Carl Edwards into the fence and won this very first race. So that was that was a cool day. Talladega, so anyway, that's that's what I got. I was going to say Talladega is a massive track. Yeah. It is speaking of that, it's the biggest track, uh, or actually should, should say the longest track in NASCAR is 2.66 miles in length. So it's just barely bigger than Daytona at 2.5 miles. So my father-in-law had tickets for that, and we actually took his Cadillac out on the track. Uh, you know, you're doing 80 miles an hour, and it looks like you are going so slow um, because that track is just so big. 
Yeah, and you got to maintain a certain speed. I don't know what it is. It's probably about 80 or 90 miles an hour to be able to stay on the banking. Because if you don't, you're going you're not you won't be able to 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 stay on the banking. You'll just fall off of it. Because I remember years ago uh, there was a race where the 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 cleanup crew was out there with their trucks and putting speedy dry on the on the track and they were they were on the track and they were on the bank and they weren't going fast enough and the truck slid down the banking <laughs> wow Great. also if, and if you visit talladega there is a museum right there at the entrance uh, i would recommend re recommend that they have the um when you talk about um bill that they have that qualifying from that day bill elliott speed yeah uh, it's the international motorsports hall of fame it's it's a cool place they have all kinds of neat cars and in displays there yeah so it's 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 definitely a a must see if you've never never been to talladega when you go you got to go check it out yeah that's a that's a good track been a few times all right indycar that was their finale their season ending race 16 that was the 2021 acura grand prix of long beach that was Sunday, September 26th. That was Long Beach Street Circuit. That was 85 laps. Colton Herta won. So he won. He won the the race, but he didn't win the war. No. Alex Ballou won the championship. Yeah, my my buddy Pato Award uh, kind of got taken out of that race. He he got spun out, and as a result of that. He broke a half shaft, so he was uh, he was done. Yeah, Joseph Newgarden came in second in points, minus thirty eight. Award came in uh, third at minus sixty two points behind, and then Scott Dixon was minus sixty eight. So uh, he was close, but but congratulations to Alex Palou. Uh, and I checked; he does not have any cards. Maybe with this fanatics thing or what else going on, maybe IndyCar will get some cards. Yeah, IndyCar needs some love for sure. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's a license Panini can get or, you know, Tops. I mean, who knows? Well, yeah, Tops does F1. So uh, I did yeah. see something that had come across where the TV ratings were up for IndyCar. So the more racing, the better. It's it To me, it's more the IndyCar. If you if you like open wheel, you know, who, uh, you know, like our, our, our friend Beans Ball Cards, Ken, He's he's a big open wheel guy. Um, I mean, I think IndyCar is much more exciting than uh, Formula One. Just that's just my opinion. Uh, there's just a lot more going on. You just don't have somebody out front leading the whole time and winning the race. There, there there's lead changes. Uh, you know, there's pit strategy. You know, there's there's of course there's accidents and there's other things that happen that that make the race more exciting than, than I think an F F1 race is. And again, that's just my opinion. I'm not going to argue with you, <laughs> I, but I'm, I'm glad that though we're starting to cover some of this other stuff. So I uh, get to learn as well for the IndyCar and F1. And so IndyCar is done for the year and we move over to F1. That is uh, That was race 15 of 23. So they still have a few left. And that was a 2021 VTB Russian Grand Prix. That was also Sunday, September 26th in Sochi, Russia. Lewis Hamilton won that. I guess it's no surprise, right? It's either Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen, unless they take each other out and then it's anybody's thing. But there's Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> yeah. And then the next race is not till October 19th. And that's the Turkish Grand Prix in Istanbul Park. Uh, our standings right now is Lewis and Hamilton, uh, two points above Max Van Stoppen. Yeah, I think it's going to go down in Formula One. The championship is going to go down to the last race and whoever wins, which will be exciting. Don't get me wrong. I, I like close championship fights. You know, uh, back in the day when Dale Earnhardt would have the championship, you know, locked up three races before the end, you know, that was kind of anticlimactic. Uh, but, yeah, I like those close championship finishes. And I think that's what makes our final race so great because you got four drivers going for the championship, you know, so basically it's not over until it's over. Exactly. I mean, it, ha it go literally goes down to that last lap. So, yep. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I don't know if we talked about his cards or not, but I looked over at 
trading card database and they list a 2006 Futura Grand Prix card number number five number 95 and then a 2009 Sports Illustrated for kids card number 360 and the tops trumps tournament sport sporting heroes there's no number on that and that's also uh, Lewis Hamilton Motor Racing I believe and then 2015 Sports Illustrated for kids uh, card number 439 and then you get to the 2020 Tops Chrome Formula number one, I believe that's the one that kind of everybody's chasing. But uh, if you're looking for other cards in 2020, uh, he has about 528 uh, <laughs> parallels and other flavors. I think of Chrome, Sapphire, and then probably I think uh, there's the higher end and some other stuff. So yeah, so 2020 is not his rookie, y'all. Just so you know. Yeah, if you're looking for that first card, if you're looking for that first one out of wax packs, boxes, and stuff like that, then yeah, that's the tops chrome. But uh, you know, when you get to some of these sports like this, uh, the Sports Illustrated is kind of, and then the tops trumps as well. So, but a lot of fun, different stuff to chase. Well, you know, the Sports Illustrated cards have really come on in, in recent years, and in, in also being recognized as rookie cards. Uh, you know, there for a while, I kind of dismissed those things. You know, they came in a kid's magazine and I really didn't think much of them, but now they're highly sought after, you know, like Tiger Woods and, you know, there's, there's, you know, like Tony Hawk and you know, people like that from other sports, you know, their rookie cards are there and those are highly sought after and they are condition sensitive since they're perforated cards. Yeah. You have to uh, deal with them special. If you're going to get them graded anyway, I know uh, PSA, there's a science to how they grade those perforated edges where there needs to be like some of the perforation there. So I think you have to kind of destroy the cards around it to, you know, get that mint copy. But um, like you, Logan, I've kind of stayed away from some of those and, you know, always thought they were interesting, but I guess didn't have access either to the information that I needed to know, you know, which one were the first cards or second cards or whatever, but like Tony Hawk. And I think there's some gymnasts and then, other sports folks as well so it's a it's a you know pretty good collectible so yeah i, I actually like those cards i mean i've you know I, since i'm a cyclist you know i um i like lance armstrong and uh he's got cards in there that i've head graded and collected so yeah there's it's a pretty eclectic mix of of different sports and diff, different athletes i think that's what makes it so interesting right because there's like nine cards of the sheet and they could be all different sports. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving over to our next segment. You want to talk about Prism National Treasures release dates? Mm-hmm. So we got over the NASCAR Newswire that Prism will be releasing November 3rd and National Treasures releasing December 8th. So mark your calendars. Yep. I can't wait for uh, the Prism. That's going to be an early birthday gift for me. So that's cool. Um, yeah, we know that the, the autographs are going to be on card because we've seen, and this, this has been months ago, where we've seen these drivers signing these cards. So there must have been some kind of delay, you know. And of course, you know, there's all kinds of crazy things happening right now. You know, the post office is behind. You know, there, there's there's supply and demand logistical issues going on in the world. So I can see where, you know, this thing got delayed because of you know circumstances beyond Panini's control. But, you know, because originally, didn't we think, Val, that it was going to be like in like mid-October when they were going to be released before? I think our original date was September 26th, I believe, or 23rd. So last week it should have been released. But Ooh. I remember talking to the guys at Panini where they were working with Chronicles and they could get that out, I think, faster with the stickers and then the on-card that they were going to do later, I guess, and, and have more lead time for that. So, but yeah, as the world is testing the boundaries of shipping and just in time inventory that I can see, you know, some of these dates slipping to, to what we have now, right? It could be paper, it could be whatever ink, uh, it could be manpower. Uh, it could be anything that, you know, the card, the card manufacturers to produce these, uh, trading cards yep or all of the above <laughs> exactly right <laughs> uh packaging and yeah so but prism 
November 3rd and then National Treasures December 8th. So I'm looking forward to those Ty freaking Gibbs silvers. There we go. I was going to wait and see how long it took us to say Ty freaking Gibbs. <laughs> About almost, I guess, uh, almost 40 minutes. So <laughs> uh, let's jump into. 1991 McDonald's All-Star Race Team cards. Uh, these were produced by Max. I do remember these. This is a cool little fun set. I remember going to McDonald's uh, back in 91. I wasn't a big... I knew enough about racing, but I wasn't a diehard racing card collector. And I remember going and getting Big Macs, whatever. I, this was when I was going to college and, and getting those packs of cards and actually, there's some fun chase, too, because there's a few uh, variations to the cards. Yeah, it's a 30-card set. It's a black-bordered set. You know, it seems like Max was into the black borders back in the early 90s. Um, you know, of course, they didn't have them in my area. So, of course, people here were freaking out trying to get them. Of course, you got to think this is 30 years ago, and this is like right in the midst of racing cards being on fire and uh i remember trying to get these things and i had to trade for some and it was not cheap back then but you know of course now you can get them a lot cheaper yeah one of the uh magazines from the 1991 november uh collector's world that was number one volume seven on page 30 it mentions the 1991 mcdonald's all-star race team that there are 30 cards to the McDonald's set that includes an all-star race team card with Earnhardt, Mark Martin, and Bill Elliott, all on one card. In addition, in addition, each randomly packed set of four trading cards will also have a collector series cover card. The back states that each card contains vital statistics about the drivers, including quotes from other drivers. This set was produced by Max Race Cards for McDonald's and was only available in the North Carolina area. McDonald's is scheduled to end the promotion on October 24th. Sets of these cards are selling for around $35 and include eight error cards, which are selling for about $2 each at this time. The errors are on the um, in emblem on the top right corner of the card. The blue background was left off behind McDonald's all-star team. On the error cards, errors can be found on cards number one, two, three, four, 21, 22, 23, and 24. So that's uh, number, number card number one, Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Jeff Bodine, and Bill Elliott. And then Dave Marcus, Dick Trickle, Rick Wilson, and Jimmy Spencer. So you can find those with and without the blue bar in the McDonald's All-Star logo. So basically, a third of the cards had errors. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well we talked about that before about uh not good <laughs> yeah it, again it makes you wonder if that was a manufactured error or not i mean back then you know error cards were a big thing it's like oh gosh got to get this card and then you got to get the error card so you know it creates creates a bigger demand you know supposedly this back then it was really a big thing it's not so much now but back at, back in the 80s and 90s error cards were a big thing. So, you know, it makes you wonder if these manufacturers really were, you know, doing these things on purpose. Yes. In the Max Facts, volume two, number three, they mentioned, so this was produced by Max and they would have, you know, they would, they would be in the know for that. But so they said on August 30th, McDonald's in association with Max race cards kicked off their 1991 all-star race promotion with free McDonald's Max race cards giveaways at McDonald's located in and around the Wilmington, Darlington, and Florence, South Carolina areas. So that's August 30th, and I think the other article said that it comes to a close. Was it October 24th, I think? Some, yeah, something like that. So then that gives you an idea of uh, the time window in there. And then over 260 McDonald's across North and South Carolina are scheduled to to participate in this special promotion in which McDonald's customers purchasing a bacon, egg, and cheese value meal or Big Mac extra value meal will receive four randomly packed McDonald's Max collector's cards along with one cover card. Featured on these cards are the 29 NASCAR drivers who finished the highest in the 1990 Winston Cup standings and the McDonald's 1991 All-Star Race team of Bill Elliott, Mark Martin, and Dale Earnhardt. There are 31 cards in all, 
with the addition of the cover card. This promotion will run through October 24th or until all the cards are gone, whatever, whichever comes first. Unfortunately, we are unable to inform our club members about this promotion until now. Our hope are that the special promotions will be so successful that next year we will we will expand so that McDonald's and Max fans across the country can take part. Also, please be aware that these cards will never, never is underlined, be available directly from Max. You'll only be able to get them at participating McDonald's franchises. Our advice for uh, to anyone who would like a set is simply get them while they're hot. And that's in quotes. Or call a friend in the Carolinas who can. Or email them. Or text them. Oh, wait a minute. You can't do that. You can't do that in 1991. No. <laughs> you, and you know something, Val? You know, this was a true regional set. And that's something that I miss and I think is, is sorely missed th through the hobby these days. We really don't have any regional card issues anymore. You know, that harkens back to the days of like the 50s, especially the 50s, where there was a, a ton of regional cards, not necessarily racing, but just uh, baseball cards or whatever. And, and I really do miss having regional cards because they're fun to try to get. But, you know, in these days and times, you know, it's not like it was back in the 50s. You can get them, you know, pretty easy still, but I, I still like regional sets. Well, you'll like this one here. Uh, there was an article in December 1991, and that was volume two, number four. That was on page four. I believe that was Collector's World, where the McDonald's All-Star Team Set Promotion, the Max McDonald's All-Star Team Promotion, North Carolina and South Carolina, officially ended on October 24th. Over 250 McDonald's locations participated in the promotion, in which customers were able to obtain four card packs of specially designed driver cards when purchasing a meal. Apparently, some individuals took this to the extreme. One report had a woman in Taylorsville, North Carolina, buying 350 breakfast meals to get 350 packs of cards. <laughs> that sounds like today with people in the dang Pokemon cards. The food went to a nursing home, and she kept the cards. Uh, with reactions like that to the cards, it wasn't surprising that Max has had a number of people calling to ask why the cards were only offered in the Carolinas. The answer is simple, that the Carolinas were the only place where a large number of McDonald's franchises wanted to be involved. Yet others have asked why club members weren't given the opportunity to get the cards through Max. Our answer is that is if you could get them from us, you wouldn't need to go to McDonald's which is, was the main idea behind the whole promotion. So this promotion was a big success, and I believe McDonald's and Max teamed up again in 1992 for another promotion. Yeah, they did. So we, we learned uh, how they selected the, the top cards. So that was how they finished in 1990. So I did not know that until uh, investigating this. I have seen some folks where they have tried to get a complete set autographed. So that, that's a pretty good task as well. Most of the drivers are still with us. Yeah, of course. You know, Dale Earnhardt's gone. Yeah, Dick Trickle. Yeah, it's... But you, you, but you know, back then, the drivers, you know, they were signing a lot of cards. And you can still find, you know, autographed cards of, of those guys, even though they, they, they're they deceased. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not impossible, but um, it's a, it's a cool little set. And like I said, it's Black Borders, I, they had a thing for Max and Black Borders, like we talked about with 1990, 91, 92. And uh, in 92, they had a red border set, and then a black border set was the, the hobby set. So, Yeah, and I'm looking at the PSA pop report for grading on those. And you can tell because of the black border that a lot of people don't get these things graded. There's only been 10 cards total graded. And uh, with... It looks like half of those are Dale Earnhardt and uh, one being Dale Jarrett and four Richard Petty's. No tens whatsoever. No ten nines? Yeah, there's uh, looks like there's three, four nines. Wow. But no tens. Interesting. And then on a side note, while we were ta we talked about it, I guess it was a few weeks ago where we talked about the 1991 and then we talked about the 3D acrylic cards. Mm -hmm. I found a little article in the April 1992, volume two, number five on page 14. 
Uh, I think this was the Max Facts. They talk about the new Max 3D acrylic cards to feature Bill Elliott, Bobby Hamilton, Derek Cope, and J.D. McDuffie. Uh, if you enjoyed the Bill Elliott 3D acrylic cards that were first offered in late 1991, you'll soon be able to add four more of these unique cards to your collection with the release of the 1992 versions of Bill Elliott, Bobby Hamilton, Derek Cope, and the late J.D. McGuffey. Featuring our 1992 red card design and all new photos on their fronts, which I didn't know that. These four cards will be available sometime this spring and will cost just $7.95 plus $5.95 plus uh, $2 shipping and handling. If you purchase a 1991 Bill Elliott 3D acrylic, you'll notice that the price of each of these new cards is a bit less, which is a direct result of the fact that these cards... Un and this is underlined, will not be numbered or printed in predetermined quantity. In presenting these four new cards, we also please to inform our club members that all proceeds from the sale of the J.D. McDuffie card will go directly to the Memorial Fund, which was established to assist his wife and family shortly after the Winston Cup veteran's death at Watkins Glen last July. A quiet determined man who dedicated his life to racing jd was a member of our set each of the past four years and we feel honored to be able to contribute in such a worthy cause we certainly hope that all of our club members feel the same way and so they give more information about the to get a 1992 3d acrylic card of jd bill bobby or derek you fill out the club order form so yeah i can kind of see why they have bill and they've got jd mcduffie in there but Bobby Hamilton and Derek Cope. That's kind of well. Cope, I know because he won Daytona. Yeah, that's that's it. And then Hamilton, I'm not sure. You might uh, maybe, know better than me. Maybe because he was a rookie. Well, no, he was. Yeah, he was. When was he a rookie? He was rookie ninety one. So maybe that's why. Maybe. Yeah, I saw that in our heart. I saw that article and I uh, we had talked about that acrylic cards and I remember you talking about oh I didn't even know it was numbered on the, on the back of that bill it's so yeah, I had no idea <laughs> so that just gives a little more information on those acrylic cards so if anybody's uh, wanting that information here you go that's why you listen to NASCAR radio we're going to talk about stuff and pull some of these stuff out of the archives and dust it off and uh, put it in audio form for future generations. Uh, let's switch gears to eBay auctions. I, yeah. I know the one you had uh, hit me up on Twitter about earlier in the week. The 88 Max Dale Earnhardt? Yes. Go ahead and talk about that one. Yeah, uh, you spotted it. And it had all the telltale signs of a counterfeit or fake. Again, the easiest way to find it is to flip it over and look at the back I believe it's his hometown, Kannapolis, North Carolina. Kannapolis is spelled wrong. Yeah, it's like Kannapolis with an extra L in there. <laughs> yeah. There's other telltale signs as well, but it's a little more subtle or, you, you know, uh, need more of a, a close-up picture. So as long as they're posting an image of the back, uh, and you should always, if you if you're bidding on a card or looking at this card, always look at the back for the Kannapolis. So... Yeah, but there's also the telltale sign on the front. Don't you uh, have a, a link to NASCAR radio that talks about how to spot that? Yeah, I have that on, I believe it's on the racing card info. There's five ways to tell. Uh, there's an like an overbrush around the logo on the front. The red, if you look under it, magnification, I believe, it doesn't have the print dots. And on the back, there's actually some, I think, a spacing issue with some of the text. But yeah, and, and, yeah, and of course, the Kannapolis thing. Yeah, and again, you know, if you're going to spend, I think that card was like 500 bucks or whatever. If you're going to spend that kind of money, you either buy a, a one graded or um, take a few minutes and, and you know, double check that or hit, or hit me or Logan up on Twitter, uh, at NASCAR Radio or at King NASCAR. We can point you uh, to the right location like i said the last thing i want to do is anybody to um, pick one of these up and it not be real and, and waste that money so yeah one of our our twitter friends 
contacted the seller directly and I haven't looked, but the seller said he he did not know that that was a, a fake card and he was going to take it down. So I haven't checked to see if that card is still out there or not, but that was the last information I think as of yesterday that I knew about. As Michael, the big, big friend of the show. Yes. All helping look out for each other. So yeah, I think, um, I don't know if I looked at some of his other stuff that he had and it was a lot of baseball and some other stuff. So, I said one of the those are one of the ones if you're not sure, like I said, that was counterfeit. And thank goodness they're all like from that one batch. We haven't really seen I have not seen any other ones that didn't meet that criteria. So Yeah, Jason and Val and I were texting about it the other night, and Jason brought up the fact that uh he wanted to know if there was only like one print run or has this been done multiple times? As far as we know. There's only there was only ever that one counterfeit print run because all the ones we've ever seen are ex the counterfeits are exactly the same. So that was a good question from Jason. Yeah, and I want to say that kind of popped up in around 2007, 2010, or somewhere in there, where PSA and Beckett grading they actually stopped grading for a time that card. I think until they could figure it out and then. They, you could get them graded again. So I think yeah. some of them made a may, maybe made it into holders, but if you purchase something like if you purchase something, oh, do you? Uh, if I you have purchased something like that, you should be able to go back to PSA. PSA is usually pretty good about honoring, um, you know, if they make a mistake or whatever. So that's again, I don't think people talk about that enough. That's why PSA is one of the industry leaders when it comes to grading. Yeah, they're the only one to offer that. Uh, buyback guarantee if it's not not legit or uh, you know if they did something you know graded it wrong or graded a counterfeit card they're they're the only ones that that have that guarantee that's one of the reasons why i think you know around that time i was going towards psa that's a good reason <laughs> yeah and then the registry so which yeah. was a lot is a lot of fun yeah the registry is probably one of my most favorite things uh that i do as far as uh the hobby is concerned is, is collecting and, and trying to complete sets on the registry. And, and speaking of that, I saw today on the set registry page for PSA that they now have what they're calling official images. And they have a little, just a little description here talking about that. That says, what are official images? It says when an item completes its grading journey, we take a professional high resolution image, of the front and back, we currently take these images for these items submitted at regular or above service levels. So I think if you're doing bulk right now, you're kind of out of luck. But the plans are to expand this offering uh, to additional service levels in the future. So that's pretty cool. So uh, they've uh, it says here that uh, please note for items that were submitted at regular or uh, above service levels prior to January 2019, we do not have official images as this was a recently uh, as this was recently enacted. So I think a lot of this was just because of all the, the trimming that's going on this way. They, they know what it looks like now when it went out the door and if it comes back, they can tell, okay, yeah, this thing's been trimmed. So I think that's part of it. But, but the cool thing I like about it is, you know, now you can go on there and if somebody has got a particular card and they, uh, enable or they turn on the official images on it you can see what that card looks like and they don't have to do any scanning or anything uh the the caveat to these official images right now is you cannot use them or they're, they're not available to be used in an album or a scrapbook so if you want to put those things in an album or a scrapbook you're going to have to scan your own for now but i think that's on the roadmap to get that done but for now I think that's pretty cool about having the official images, you know, from the manufacturer. That's that's going to help a lot with counterfeiting and really, really help the hobby. Again, that's why PSA is kind of the industry leader when it comes to some of this type of stuff. So, yeah, I would love to see the the hardware involved in going and scanning all these cards. I'm sure they have some kind of flatbed scanner that does somehow does top and bottom. I don't know how you would do that, but. At the same time, uh, it would I would love to see that technology. If I ever get out to California, I'm going to get Steve Sloan to show me that. 
that would be cool. The technology is is uh, pretty interesting. And then don't forget that they also purchased that uh, company for photo recognition as well. Mm-hmm. So, yep, great cards by, um, or I guess they use some of that technology in their grading process. So, any other eBay auctions? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at uh, some of the most recent things that have ended. Um, one of the things that caught my eye was uh, this This ended on the 27th of September, which was just a couple of days ago. It was a one-of-one one Richard Petty and Jimmy Johnson 2020 National Treasure Dual Auto Card. It, it had a buy-it-now price of $799.99, and somebody went click and bought it. So that was really cool. I, you know, I'm a Richard Petty fan. So I would love to have had that card, but I don't know if I'd have spent that much, but I might have considered it. I just never saw it. There, I mean, there's so much that goes goes up and goes, you know, gets bought quick on eBay. It's hard to see everything. Um, something else that I saw out there from the old Press Pass days, a 2015 Press Pass Cup Chase Kyle Larson signature series with a rookie with a rookie patch on it, one of one was uh sold for the best offer it was listed for twelve hundred dollars so i don't know what it went for but i would assume it it was in the high 100s probably for sure i'd say it's probably eight nine hundred dollars would be my guess uh another thing i saw was a there was a actually two 88 max dale earnhardt rookie cards and one was graded hga 8.5 and the other was raw and uh, they had one bid, and it went for $700 for those two cards. So that was pretty impressive. Very nice. I was going to say I was looking at the 1983 Unos. Uh, really, the only thing that sold has been the 83 Uno Richard Petty. There was a PSA 10. Uh, that's card number 23 in the 1983 Uno set. Uh, that went for $395, but that was back in July of 11th. And then in August 10th, a BGS 8.5 went for $715, $715. So almost twice the price for. Uh, yeah, I think somebody stole that PSA 10. I think that was way too cheap. Yeah, it went. Actually, it was a, you know, it was bidding, right? It was 17 bids. So it wasn't a buy it now. The, the, the other one was a kind of a buy it now with a 10% off. Or it says, well, it says best offer. So. That's always deceiving. Let me look at the original. Maybe I spoke too soon on that. It says sold for seven fifteen. So, but again, you do not see the eighty three Unos very much. It's like the seventy two SP, and again, it's Richard Petty. So probably other than the Earnhardt, which probably the primary in the eighty three Uno, second would be the Richard Petty. Yeah, something else I saw that sold on the twenty sixth was a Chase Elliott twenty twenty one. This year, Chronicles, Obsidian White Signature, uh, Autograph, One of One. It went. It, it was listed for $999.99. It went for a best offer. So I'm probably thinking that was $500 or $600 it probably went for in there, that, that range. That's still pretty cool, too. And one, one other thing I saw that, was, that ended on the 19th of this month was a 2000 Upper Deck SP. Dale Earnhardt's Sign of the Times autograph card. It had eight bids, and it went for $810. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I, I love those Sign of the Times cards from 2000 SP. To me, that's one of the best NASCAR sets out there. Yeah, the, the, that white card with that ink on it, fantastic. And again, those 2000 SP authentic boxes are yeah, I think you get three or four of those Sign of the Times, as well as I think it was MVP, which they were kind of putting upper deck was putting whatever they had left because that was I think one of their last releases uh, before they got out of NASCAR trading cards. So, and again, you can't go wrong because it's Jimmy Johnson. You can get a Jimmy Johnson Sign of the Times. I did actually open a box and did hit that Jimmy Johnson. You got to remember back then he was uh, just a rosy cheek kid. Yeah, he, he, he's just a guy that was in the uh, Bush series trying to kill himself uh, at Watkins Glen. <laughs> yeah. That was a horrific crash. I'm surprised he survived that because that's very similar to what happened to J.D. McDuffie. Same corner and everything. Wow. 
but you were mentioning uh, Chase Elliott. So I was looking at the 2011 element, the undiscovered elements, the autograph numbered to like 225. There was an 8.5 Beckett with a 10 auto, and it went for $240. I would buy it now. I think that's actually cheap. Yeah. Again, those autos are um, the only way to get them were out of the hobby boxes, out of that silver foil pack that is inside on top of the packs in the hobby box. So, and then there was a few of the uh, PSA 10s of the base card. Uh, they were all buy it nows, but they were listed for like 325 309 So they sold uh, below that price. And then there was also a green, which we hardly ever see anymore. Any of the, I think there's a green and a red parallel. Um, the greens were out of the hobby boxes. I think the reds were out of blasters. Yeah, those are tough. Oh, I take it back. There was a red right here. It went for 56 bucks back in July. That's so just a red, yeah, or just a red. Uh, unnumbered, yeah. So uh, NASCAR is selling. Yep. It, I think things are going well. I, 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 I'm proud to be a NASCAR collector. I love NASCAR. It's fun. It's affordable, which is more than you can say for some of these other sports and releases these days. Uh, you know, if you're not collecting NASCAR, you know, I, I highly suggest taking a look at it. Agreed. Right. And right now we got a lull. So, you know, before Prism's released in November, so you can get your collecting, still work on your Chronicle sets, Dunruss, and then your older sets as well. So. Again, you know, if you're looking for something to collect, that 1991 McDonald's, not a massive chase, but probably won't break the bank. I meant to look at the pricing, say, on checking my cards. They're just a few dollars each. Uh, some of them are less than a dollar. Yeah, it's a good oh, value. Yeah, especially, if, you know, like I said, Blackboards, if you want to try. I don't even know if you, I didn't look on online to see if there were unopened packs. But, yeah, I'm expecting a shipment from checking my cards. So I'm super excited. That should be here by the weekend. I think I shipped it or <laughs> I don't know how many months ago. So I'm looking forward to uh, to see what's in there. Yeah. Speaking of them, I needed to get a shipment created so I can get my cards. Hopefully, you know, they're doing a lot better. So I don't think it's going to take too long now. If I go out there and request to have some things shipped, I, I bet it won't take too long. So one thing I did notice and is depends on the number of cards that you ship. If you have a large number, it takes a lot longer because I think this last shipment was 10 or 11 pages, maybe of cards. I've been shipping the 2015, 2016 compendum hockey cards. I think I've talked about it numerous times. That's kind of what got me on, on EPAC and collecting those cards. And then, had to kind of stick a shock when trying to send mail them home because each one of them is 25 cents. So I uh, was flipping some cards here and there to generate some of that money. But I was looking at a few cards and that was only, you know, a short amount of time as opposed to like, if you try to ship something now, it's going to be in December or January, a large number. So if that's helpful, so play around with uh, some of those options. Yeah. If I, if I ship anything, it may be a dozen cards. It won't be a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't think the wait time is that bad for that. No, and the ones I want to get back are really the ones that are graded. I've got got some graded cars hanging out there that I want to get brought back to the stock car museum. I hear you. Well, anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, let me check my list because I have a whole big list of notes for this thing. No, I think we're good, man. I think we've talked about everything we wanted to talk about. Well, that's awesome. Well, I want to let the listeners know that you can check out our archive shows. We review, like we did today, the 1991 Max McDonald set. We've reviewed some other sets in detail or more detail, like the 1972 STP. That's a big one. That was show number 29. 1983 Uno, show number 31. The 1987-88 World of Outlaws. Jeff Gordon has a little 16-year-old kid with a little pencil mustache uh that's show number 40 and then we've talked about like the 89 max show 48 or the 88 max show 38 and 39 the 1990 max show 51 uh we do we cover the sports star photographics the stickers from 85 and show 31 so you can listen to a3 uno 
and Sports Star Photographics 85. Uh, on show 31, you get a double double feature there. And then the 86 Sports Star Photographics, those are the little c- bigger cards than your normal two and a half by three and a half. That was show 33. So check out the archives for that. We appreciate you listening. I like I say, share and like the podcast. Share NASCAR trading cards with your friends. And for me, Logan, and Jason, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. 